Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. From Barangaroo Studios, this is the COB, brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. Good afternoon, if I may call it that. Ooh. It's the COB podcast, the COB, uh, and I'm Kyle Rotter. I'm here with Denny Akuya. It's great to have your company on this, a uh, well, perhaps a very interesting day on the financial yeah, markets. Yeah, absolutely. Caught the markets off uh, guard, didn't they? Yeah. A bit well, of reaction we've seen. Absolutely. 25 basis points from the RBA. I think one basis point, if we want to be generous, was baked into the market heading into the decision. But uh, lo and behold, 30 days is apparently long enough to assess the longer variable lags in monetary policy <laughs> for the RBA. And it's uh, gone bang again. So we've got a cash rate at 3.85%, the highest it's been in over a decade. So uh, really quite remarkable stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, I wouldn't be the only one, obviously market participants, but Danny, everyone's left surprised. Well, clearly the markets were surprised. A lot of the economists didn't think this would happen. But uh, yeah, it's, you know, we're back to risk off. Aussie dollar is up over a percent, around 67 cents. And uh, clearly the interest rate sensitive sectors taking an absolute, uh, well, pounding is probably too strong a word, but nevertheless, some profit taking rates off 2%, uh, communication services 1.85. Uh, what have we got? Industrials 1.4, energy one and a half. But look, I, you know, for what it's worth, my opinion's worth uh, as much as uh, a lot of some, you know, everybody else sometimes. But uh, I think this could be just a marker of some central banks going, ooh, this inflation could be a little bit stickier. And uh, it'll be really interesting to see the reactions, I think, overnight and obviously with that Fed meeting coming up as well. Mm. And obviously the governor today talking at this dinner tonight, if he's going to be a lot more hawkish in his rhetoric. Yes, definitely. Uh, We'll be watching that very carefully. And you can see there the market or the CBO 200 closing down by 0.97%. But let's go to those three themes. And it's hard to extricate anything other than just, uh, I suppose, uh, the, well, we'll get to the three themes now. Um, there they are. Rate shop, <laughs> stock drop, 4%. The next stop, um, you might realise, Danny, I did a Bachelor of Arts. Um, not very well, of course, creative writing major. So <laughs> I tried to put that to work today. But I mean, I think it's very hard to, to, to extricate uh, any other story today other than what's happened uh, from the yeah. RBA. And it's been that entire response now. And as you alluded to before, with the governor speaking tonight and yep. then the data to come, it's where to next? Could it mm. go higher from here? Because the rates market is pointing to a non-trivial risk that there could be one. Yep, indeed. 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 Yep. Okay. We all thought we were home and hose, but sadly not. No, absolutely not. We'll have to wait for a little longer anyway. But I mean, there were some corporate stories of the day. Uh, first, actually, wouldn't mind because I know you were looking at it quite uh, closely. It was computer share. Yeah. With uh, at the, the that Macquarie event is actually coming out with some. Um, I suppose yep. market moving news, right? Yeah, lots of companies coming out making announcements, but computer share basically downgrading their outlook for full year twenty 
24, full year 23 seems to be in place. Um, not so much an interest rate impact on the earnings, yeah. but less um, people using the product basically. And so I think they're off about 5% uh, at yeah. one stage. They may have closed down that. Um, yeah, so that Macquarie conference really fleshing out what we would call, I suppose, uh, people coming in and sort of saying, oh dear, things aren't quite as good as we thought they were going to be. Mm. Not the admission season, what's the word I'm looking for? Confessions. Confessions, that's it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, and Qantas News today was the other other big story, perhaps announcing a uh, CEO-to-be, a CEO-elect perhaps, if you want to use a political language, uh, but it's uh, Vanessa Hudson, uh, the, uh, well, current CFO, soon-to-be yep. CEO, takeover later on in this year. And well, because of that, we decided to make it the stock of the day. Here is what our guest had to say with Andrew Gagan about the investment case for Qantas. Um, you know, I generally have a view that if you if you can leave uh, the post of CEO of Vanilla without going broke during your tenure, you've probably done a pretty good job uh, because it's a terrible business, generally speaking, with generally awful economics. So if you can escape unscathed, that's almost a win in itself. I have never liked Qantas. So if you own it, you have a different view to me to start with. But the reality is that these are cyclical businesses generally. I think if you're buying today, you have to have some view of how they're going to go even better in future. I don't know what that future would need to look like to grow profits from this already elevated point. So yeah. no, if I own Qantas shares, I'd sell them today. Look, I would sell it as well. I'd, I'd Probably can't sit here and tell someone who's owned it for a long time to sell everything, but you've had a fantastic run. I think there's a lot of question marks over travel and Qantas specifically. Taking profits here, I think, is a, is a pretty prudent decision for, for most people. Okay, so there's a double sell there. And uh, Danny, we were talking about it in the newsroom a little earlier. Um, airlines, they're, they're hard to love as an investor, right? Yeah, they have huge capex. And I mm. think uh, Qantas is in the process of uh, really having to upgrade their fleet. So they're gonna have a lot of capital expenditure. At some point, people won't be able to travel as much. I've noticed in Australia that uh, domestically, there's huge discounts coming out yeah. from a lot of hotels. Apparently everybody's going overseas, but at some point, even that will tail off. So cyclical business, high capex. Yeah. yeah. Prices look like they're coming down too. I, I obviously go back to Melbourne fairly frequently. And, yeah, domestically. Um, I think domestic the market's really st suffering. The hotel deals out there are just crazy, we've noticed. Yeah, recently. well, at the peak, I was paying, you know, probably 700 return Melbourne to Sydney. It's wow. down to about 300 once again. So <laughs> you, that's going to have an impact on margins eventually, um, or profits eventually, I should I should say. But um, I, maybe we'll start on that note because uh, we've got Martin Crabb from Shore and Partners with us. Uh, Martin, we'll, uh, we'll get to the news of the day, but um, we may as well throw your hat in the ring. Qantas, have you ever been interested in it? Have you ever been a, a holder of it? Yeah, yeah, portfolios? we've got it in our core portfolio. It's our yeah. recovery trade stock. Mm. So we're still seeing, we had helped the management from Hello World in yesterday, a travel agent used to be Thomas Cook. Yeah. Uh, okay. And they're absolutely flying, right? So um, we were saying off air how people over the age of 55 who don't have a mortgage are loving these higher rates. <laughs> they don't have the energy bills, they don't have the mortgage bills, they don't have the school fees, they're all done. And now they've got all this disposable income that they built up during COVID mm. that they're having a final time spending. And of course, travel's the go-to for people. And as you said, Danny, Paris looks better than than you know um, than Palm than, than Palm Beach, I suppose, <laughs> for a lot of people. Um, yeah. So look, we, we like Qantas. So if you want to if you want to play reopening even more broadly than us coming out of lockdown, but more globally, 
China coming out of lockdown, etc. It's pretty hard to go past uh, airlines. And without the competitive dynamics that you have in the US market, where you've got 60 airlines all fighting for share, here you've got pretty much two, one and a half. So yes, um, yields have come down, but they're flying a lot more planes. They were flying one an hour or maybe two an hour in Melbourne, Sydney. They're back to four an hour now. Mm. So they're, 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 they're basically working the fleet a lot harder now. So they're probably, I mean, Alan Joyce has timed this absolutely perfectly, hasn't he? Mm. He's done an Alan Moss. You know, he's got in at the bottom and got out at the top. And he'll be, remem- he'll be remembered for creating a lot of value, probably a lot of angst amongst customers too. But, you know, if you look at when he, when he joined Qantas and, and the problems they were having, and you look at it today, the root health that it's in today, and you're right on CapEx, they're going to spend $24 billion on new planes, mm. but they can actually do that now. They've actually got the balance sheet to be, able to, to be able to do that and do buybacks, whereas when he took it over, the thing was on its knees. So, you know, kudos to Alan Joyce. Yeah, but let's move on to this RBA rate hike. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, you know, the wait and see and see how the lags took effect suddenly became well, no, we're going to move. What do you, what light do you think has been switched on in the RBA boardroom to create yeah, look, this hike? A little bit of an insurance policy against, um, you know, the housing market started to pick up. The labour market's not really loosening up, despite the fact there's a lot of immigration going on. The unemployment unemployment's still at a 50-year low. Um, business confidence is okay. Consumer spending's okay. They're not really seeing the deflationary pressures in the economy that they want to see. And they really had to go on pause last time because of Silicon Valley Bank, right? They just, I think all the central banks probably got on a phone call and said, look, let's just pause. So the Fed paused, they paused, the Bank of Canada paused. We'll see the Fed go tonight. We'll see the Bank of England go again. We'll see the ECB go again because inflation is still too high. They said that in a statement, it's still too high. So you look at measured inflation, yes, it's coming down but it's still got a seven handle on it, right? When you really look through it. And that's, you know, they're, they're targeting two to three, they're at seven, mm. they've got to keep hiking rates. They've also got the Fair Work Commission coming out with a minimum mm. wage decision, which also impacts people on awards. So it's only one and a half percent of workers are on minimum wage, but about 25% are on awards. So it's significant. And that's not gonna be a low number. The government sort of indicated they wanna see real wage growth. So if you've got inflation at seven, real wage growth needs to be above seven. Now, I don't think the Fair Work Commission is going to come with seven, but then come with a large number. So you've still got this wage pressure that's sitting in the economy. So there is, I, you know, I'm not that surprised the Reserve Bank went again today. Now, there's people saying they're going to go to four, three, five, or maybe even four, six. And it's like, I think people are getting a little bit carried away with that. But I think 385 did make some sense, whether it was this meeting or the next one. Um, and you know, kudos to those economists that, that, that called that. I think there was probably nine mm. out of 30 in Bloomberg that called it and almost no market participants. So it did obviously come as a shock. We've got 1% off the market today, but you know, central banks are going back again. It's not, as I said, it's not just the RBA. We'll see the Fed, ECB, everyone except the Bank of Japan will put up rates. Maybe even they will as well. I think it's great yield curve control. Who knows? But um, uh, last week, I, I last week, last month, I asked whether it was you know like the equivalent of your, your mother giving you a sort of a, a dirty look and you know don't um, misbehave or I'll whack you over the head a little harder. Is this? Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe even like a, a Dirty Harry uh, kind of hike, uh, you know, do you feel lucky? Well, do you? And, you know, the warning to, to the households that you know, don't get too complacent here. Stop stop carrying on because we're going to keep pushing these things higher while uh, if you keep spending. Yeah, look, that wasn't in the language and I don't think that'll be in, in his rhetoric at all. Mm. It's He's not sort of blaming anyone for spending money. It's more about 
we have a, a, a duty, a responsibility to Australians to get this inflation under control because of the corrosive nature of it if you let it out of the bottle. And it's kind of trying to stick to that. They, I mean, they, they were really hawkish in February when they, when they hiked then and they surprised everyone how hawkish they were. They then went back the other way and became dovish and paused. And now they're sort of trying to get back hawkish again. I mean, they are in a little bit of disarray. I mean, mm. their, their forecasting has been diabolically, you know, diabolical. They've had this review, which has you know, poked a few holes in the way they do things and suggested um, quite a few changes to how they make decisions and the process that they use and the communication around that. So. Yeah, the RBA is not covering itself in glory, and and again, once again, they've they've ignored the market. The market said, "Look, just stay on hold because there's enough deflationary pressure there. You don't have to do any more." And they've gone, "No, no, we know better." So, you know, um, tough job. I wouldn't want it. No, terrible but, job. Um, yeah. But we'll just see what Governor Lowe says. But the surprise for me was not just the hike. The hike didn't surprise me. It's the they left the door open for more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like we're not done yet. Which you know, so the the futures curve hardly traded today because it was pretty pretty uh pretty quick but we'll probably see futures start pushing up again and do you think this is going to be the catalyst to get that uh, old sell in may go away thing happening for the markets with this more hawkish rhetoric coming out of australia we may see it out of the fed forget japan as you said but you know maybe this is now going to be higher for longer and we really are going to effectively crush the economies yeah i mean uh, the the selling main go away is, is harks back to a day when people used to go on summer holidays and not trade, right? So <laughs> that was the reason you sold a main go away because there was no buyers around. But, you know, we're, we're past that now. Maybe a lot of Americans still go on holiday in summer. But, but I think, you know, using the calendar to drive your investment policy is not something I advocate. But there are seasonal factors. We can't ignore them. And the selling main go away one is definitely one there. But I think in terms of central banks, I still think they are concerned that there's in sticky inflation and they haven't done enough to slow down the economy to get rid of the sticky inflation. And yes, headline numbers are coming down and goods inflation is definitely coming down and global growth is clearly slowing. We're seeing that with all the PMI data, but they're just not seeing it in the underlying inflation data. Until they do, they'll probably just stay hawkish. The The risk is that they over tighten. You know, that, that's the biggest concern. And there's this whole argument to say, look at what happens during pandemics when you have a pandemic or a war or something like that. The, the conditions are totally different than if you've got, you know, grinding higher inflation like we had in the 70s. It took 10 years in the 1970s to get inflation up to being a problem level. Here it's happened overnight because of the stimulus. Mm. So I think central banks need to use a different playbook to fight inflation this time. It will come down by itself. They just have to be patient. And so having central banks pause hike, pause, cut, pause, hike is probably better than them just deciding that they need to get rates to a certain level as quickly as they can. So I think we've moved into that into that secondary paradigm where they're, they're being data driven and I think that's the right thing to do. But clearly they're saying we, are, we haven't done our job yet, we haven't got inflation to where we need it to be. So just the investment implications there, because obviously we've seen equities off, that's going to happen when you know uh, risk-free rates rise uh, like this uh, today. But I mean, how are you sort of looking to allocate your portfolio potentially? Because you said consumer discretionary could be at risk of, of, of an over-tightening situation. Yeah. You know, clearly they're just going to be interest rate risks to the market. Even real estate actually came off quite considerably. Yeah. Everyone's worried about commercial property. Uh, what are your thoughts there when it comes to portfolio allocation? Yeah, so we're sitting in a, in, I suppose, a, um, a stagflationary portfolio. So mm. the view is, okay, if growth it's going to be slow and inflation is still a risk. 
let's sit let's sit in stocks with large pricing power, you know, quality growth stocks. So your CSLs, Amcors, Bram, Brambles, Transurban, these sorts of companies that can pass on higher costs. And our view was always that was great last year, that did really well. But how, going forward, we might start to see a cyclical recovery. If rates are done if, and inflation's coming down, we need to get a bit more cyclical here. We need to start looking at residential real estate. We need to start looking at consumer stocks. We're now hitting pause on that. Mm. This rate decision here and probably what we'll get from uh, Governor Lowe tonight and also from the Fed this week is that we're not done yet and there's probably another leg down in earnings or there's another leg down in sentiment about earnings. We don't need to see the earnings move. We just have to... Um, and you mentioned the confession conference that happens every May. We're in day one of that. We've got two more days of that. And there's another, you know, 30 or 40 companies to present there, maybe even more than that. Then we've got NAB on Thursday, ANZ Macquarie on, on uh, Friday, CBA and Westpac Monday, Tuesday next week. So we've got a lot of data on the on the economy and the animal spirits that go with that. So we from a so from a portfolio perspective, stay in that defensive growth end of the market. Um, wait wait a little bit longer for that cyclical. Like we added James Hardy at Christmas, we just had to add something into the housing market, but we don't own any retail. We think retail's still still gonna mm. be tough. Fair enough. Martin, great insights as always. Absolutely. Really appreciate them. Martin Craig from Shore and Partners. Thanks for your time. Okay, let's push on and let's just look at what's happening overnight because, well, we've spoken about it already. We don't have to speak it about uh, too much, which is that Governor Lowe's speech. I, I just find it so interesting how he is going to, I suppose, do the acrobatics to, to explain this because it, it, it seems like a hard sell. The communications were haven't been top-notch. Yeah, well, indeed. And I guess everyone will be focusing on what comes out of that dinner. Therefore, has he got his uh, communication better in hand. Yeah, definitely. At least I'll have something to do tonight. Eh? That's, uh, that's exciting. <laughs> uh, also, we have the JOLTS job openings, very significant in the United States because we are heading to non-farm payrolls print at the end of, end of the week. Let's not forget about that. And there's still the concern that, well, there just remains too many job openings in America for, for our workers to take them up. So that's tonight. Tomorrow, well, it's going to be very Kiwi-focused, actually. We've got some jobs data out of uh, New Zealand and not to be done, uh, outdone, RBNZ, Governor Orr, who's been a bull before it was, uh, sorry, a hawk before it was called, Absolutely. Uh, also delivering a speech. Yep, but it'll be interesting. Uh, the other thing is retail sales here in Australia. Really interesting to see how they are progressing, I think. Especially after today, right? Uh, imagine if it was a Well, they're historic, drop, right? but yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yep. yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, and well, of course, as always, we're gonna have a, a swathe of a fantastic guests, so uh, make sure you tune in there. Leaders and layouts. Start with the leader, shall we? Yeah, absolutely. There might be few and far between, but we'll have a look. Um, oh, good old Lake Resources. Back there in go. there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Cleanaway up 5.8%. Pinnacle Investment as well. Uh, I think Cleanaway was one of the ones at the Macquarie Conference, and I think Pinnacle had their quarterly or their month uh, inflows oh, in there. Yeah, yeah, they came through. Um, Tilix Pharmaceuticals, I don't know, continues to be a momentum play. Yeah, and interesting, Fletcher Building. Maybe somebody thinks that uh, the RBA governor is going to be a little less hawkish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah perhaps so. Someone uh, wrong side of that trade. Um, you actually had a chat with, um, was it Claude Walker about Tilix this afternoon? as well was that am I, am I uh, yeah absolutely and uh, it's one of those uh, small biotech pharmaceutical mm. companies that is doing very well it is generating cash flow yeah. um, but it's richly richly priced so 100 million in revenues 3.3 billion market cap so it really is for a lot of those companies it's about putting on the runs on the board yeah. and not just being a story stock 
Yeah, interesting. And it's always hard to transition uh, from, from hype to just uh, straight up profits, I suppose. So Telix Pharmaceuticals there. Back on the winners list up 3%. Let's go to the laggards. Well, this is going to be easy to find. Who are the worst performers? Computer share, Computer downgrade. Share. Yep. Yep. We already spoke about that. So that's uh, Confession Conference, as, as, as we're calling it. Um, it's, I suppose it takes another victim, if you will. Uh, so down 5% Computer Share. Uh, we did see uh, a lot of weakness coming through the real estate plays. Mervac, uh, which is... hasn't had a lot of love recently, they did upgrade the market. Remember last week, and right. the market didn't think it was too bad. But I, I, in the absence of any news, it's probably just because it's a housing. It's got a large housing exposure in particular. Yeah. Um, Stockland has been on an absolute tear and has been a cracking performer. So I'm not really surprised to see profit taking there. And uh, clearly, the market didn't like those Endeavour results, did they? No. So Woolies Endeavour, mm. Marcus Stroger discussed those um, yeah. earlier on. And um, yeah, market's not convinced that uh, it's possibly is recession proof or slowdown proof since yeah. no one's calling a recession at this stage. Interesting. So yeah. Okay. So yeah, as you can see, they're off by 3.55%. And uh, well, we'll qu- quickly whip through the small caps, which you would imagine has seen a little bit of selling coming through, oh, generally yes. speaking. But 40 Medical remains up there, still a volatile stock, but seems to be garnering some interest. Yeah, Claude Walker also, we discussed that with him. Um, and again, that really is a total story stock in terms yeah. of the technology that they're trying to develop with this uh, 4D imaging of your body as you are breathing. So oh, yeah, that in, in Claude's universe, that is extremely high, high risk. Is it? Okay, yeah. well, with a 22% move, obviously, high-risk, high-rewards. Um, Jervois Global, back on there, 10.5%, just there to make me happy, I would imagine. Let's flick over the page and, um, well, there you go. Nothing that I can pick up there in terms of theme, no names that sort of jump out, but nevertheless, um, it's a bad day for stocks. So you, you're going to see a little bit of weakness coming through the volatile, small cap end of the market. But... Danny, I think that probably does us today. I think we need to uh, take a big, deep breath, maybe uh, reassess our family finances. I don't know. What about you? (laughs) Absolutely. No (laughs) more clothes. No No more more shoes. Yeah, I don't think they sell anything cheaper than home brands, so I think I might just have to start, I don't know, (laughs) change my diet, eating grass. I don't know know what options I've got. But anyway, uh, it has been a big day. Remember, you can catch up on all, all the views and news on our website and app. Until tomorrow morning, make sure you have a great evening. Bye. The COB is brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.